Welcome to Knowing Him. This is Steve Danielson. And this is Angie Danielson. Join us each week as we explore the hymns of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and share our feelings, insights, and reflections about how each one brings us closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy your favorites and find some undiscovered gems in our journey to knowing Him. Welcome, friends, to today's episode of Knowing Him. I'm your host, Steve Danielson, and here with me, as always, is my co-host, who will never shun the fight, Angie. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Angie, when I read those words in our hymn today, I thought of you. You never shun the fight. Well, I won't say you never want to shun the fight, but you never do. (laughs) When things get hard, and even if you feel it would be easier just to throw in the towel and give up, you don't do it. You keep pushing forward. You find new ways to teach your children the gospel and to share the good news with people around you. And you're an inspiration to me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I so, try. <laughs> so we are, of course, talking today about hymn number 30, Come, Come, Ye Saints. And I guess I should also say, well, it's hymn 30 and hymn 326. Uh, this hymn is in our hymn book twice, once for a congregation and once for men's choir. Uh, the men's section is interesting. There's some that are listed for men and some for men's choir. Men's well, choir <laughs> means that it goes really high, <laughs> and so you need tenors that can sing a lot higher. Men's chorus is more in a men's congregational range. Have you ever sung this men's choir arrangement? Uh, I don't know if I have. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Come Come You Saints is a special hymn to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and has been in every hymn book of the church since 1851. Uh, So we're going to discuss the hymn and what makes it so important. But first... (laughs) Now, this one's not a surprise. I did tell Angie I was going to do this beforehand, because it's not a quiz this time. But I do have fun five fun facts about saints, namely Catholic saints. (laughs) Okay, so number one. So at first, there was no official process of canonizing a saint. Uh, Saints were good Catholics who were martyrs or who had lived heroic lives worthy of emulation and imitation. Uh, Many early members of the Christian church were just revered as saints. Uh, The first recognized Christian martyr uh, and saint is Stephen, uh, stoned for his testimony. But a lot of those early uh, members of the church, I mean, we have St. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, You know, the, the gospel writers were named as saints. Uh, Mary and Joseph, um, Mary Magdalene, a lot of these early members were um, uh, have been called the saints. However, the first saint canonized by a pope was Ulrich, Bishop of Augsburg, hmm. canonized by Pope John the Fifteenth in 993 A.D. Interesting. So that's when the first pope officially canonized a saint. All right, number two. So. After that point, uh, the Pope still wasn't the only one that could name a saint. Uh, Pope Alexander III is one who began to reserve the right of canonization to the Pope, uh, and it became the law of the church under Pope Gregory IX in around the mid-13th century. So before that, anybody could It wasn't necessarily anybody, but like a a bishop here or a, a leader here could name a saint. And so there were lots of saints being named by many different people, and Pope Alexander said, no, this should be a Pope thing. Hmm. Um, and then under Pope Gregory is when it sort of became the hard and fast law. So now only Popes uh, officially canonize someone. Speaking of Popes, number three, roughly 30% of Popes have been canonized as saints. Uh, it was extremely common at first. Uh, 52 of the first 55 Popes became saints. Hmm. Uh, however, in the last 1,000 years, only seven Popes have been canonized. 
the last being Pope John the 23rd and Pope John Paul II, who were both canonized in 2014 as saints. Interesting that not all of them were considered saints. <laughs> yeah, it it goes through a process of nomination and verification and then yeah. uh, officially canonizing. Uh, there were many women acknowledged as saints before the canonization process began, uh, but the first canonized woman was Wilborada from Sweden in 1047. That's a great name. <laughs> it is. Is anyone out there still named Wilborada? I don't know that. I did not know that name before today. <laughs> Uh, and number five, there is not a list of all the officially canonized Catholic saints. However, estimates put the current number at around 11,000 saints. Uh, the that's most, a lot. yeah, and that's why there's not a complete list. <laughs> uh, the most recent canonizations were on October 9th, 2022. Uh, Saint Zati and Saint Giovanni Battista Scalabrini were the last two named as saints. Hmm. So thank you to the Pew Research Center, Encyclopedia Britannica, Time Magazine, and for contributors on Quora for helping me research and compile these facts. Uh, I didn't know a whole lot about Catholic saints, and it was sort of a fascinating journey to, to dive into. So so what can you tell us the difference is between like, cat, what Catholics believe is a saint and what Latter-day Saints believe is a saint? Well, the, the people that are officially recognized as saints, those are people that they say they lived honorable lives or they were martyrs and they should be emulated and imitated. Um, and so they, they would go through a specific uh, canonization process. Although what I've read is it's not them making the person a saint so much as recognizing the work God has already done is what they said. Um, however, I did also read that they acknowledged that all those in heaven are also saints. Uh, just not all of them are officially canonized uh, through the church. Um, however, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, we uh, acknowledge all of us uh, are, are saints. All of us are members of the church are striving to follow Jesus Christ, and we are uh, we are his saints, those that are striving to do his will. Yeah. So when it says, come, come, you saints, it's talking to all the members of the church. Right. Okay, so let's go into the hymn. We're going to talk first about the text. Couldn't decide if I want to do the text or the tune first, but I, I set it on the text first. Okay. So the text is obviously what makes the hymn so special to members of the church. Uh, this was written by William Clayton, um, born in 1814, died in 1879. Uh, so I did get some, some, some brief bio information from josephsmithpapers.org. Uh, he was born in Lancashire, England. In 1814, he was actually baptized by Heber C. Kimball in 1837 during the British Isles mission that we talked about yeah. uh, in one of our previous episodes. Where tons of people were baptized. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. Uh, and then shortly after he was baptized, he was called a second counselor in the mission presidency and served there from 1838 to 1840. That always blows us away. I know. Nowadays, <laughs> uh, like, Barely a member of the church, and bam, you're in the mission presidency. Yeah, I think it was in uh, Yielders of Israel we were talking about missionaries, and you know, you get baptized back then, and there just weren't that many members of the church. So you had to. So you had to step go. into leadership yeah. roles because <laughs> there wasn't anyone else. Uh, in 1840 is when he immigrated to Nauvoo. So then he came to the U.S. Uh, Joseph Smith recognized his talents as a writer 
and uh, he served as a scribe for Joseph Smith from 1842 until Joseph Smith's death in 1844. Uh, and then he traveled west with the first company of pioneers uh, to Salt Lake to the Salt Lake Valley in 1847. That with Brigham Young's company. Mm-hmm, with Brigham yeah. Young's company. And then wrote and published Latter-day Saints Immigration Guide, sort of what to expect along the way. These are things yeah. to, to watch <laughs> out for. Yeah. That's cool. So he was definitely a, a writer, um, historian. He, he was very influential in recording a lot of those early things in the church. Didn't uh, he create the first odometer? Uh, was that was that William Clayton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he was in charge of recording how far they traveled every day. Yeah, yeah. And what I read was like he was counting the rotations of the wheels, oh, oh, oh. but just counting them, and that, that was really tedious. Oh, that had yeah, to be so, <laughs> awful. so awful. <laughs> so he decided there's got to be a better way, and he came up with a system with like cogs and gears, gears, and um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. You can look it up online and see yeah. a picture of. Of the first odometer, and yeah. they hooked that to the wheel, and then it was able to and count. And it gave a very accurate count of exactly how far they'd gone every day. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty neat. So one of the reasons that this song became sort of the unofficial anthem of the Mormon pioneers uh, was because William Clayton wrote it during the process of fleeing Nauvoo and beginning the trek west. Uh, so he was part of the leadership of the church and was forced to flee in February 1846 across the frozen M- Mississippi River. Uh, and Clayton left many of his family members behind, uh, including one of his wives, Diantha. Uh, and he worried about her for two months because she was pregnant, expecting their child, and he was not getting a lot of news. It took a while to get news back and forth. He didn't mm-hmm. have email. That's right. And just text her and say, hey, Diantha, how's it going? <laughs> That's right. So he was very worried about her, um, but on April 15th, uh, he did finally receive news. Uh, He recorded this in his journal, quote, This morning, Ellen Kimball came to me and wished me much joy. She said, Diantha has a son. I told her I was afraid it was not so, but she said Brother Pond had received a letter. I went over to Pond's, and he read that she had a fine, fat boy on the 30th, (laughs) but she was very sick with ague and the mumps. Oh, my goodness. Truly, I feel to rejoice at this intelligence, but feel sorry to hear of her sickness. In the evening, the band played, and after we dismissed, the following persons retired to my tent to have a social christening. William Pitt, Hun- uh, Hutchison, Smithies, K, Egan, does it, does it? I'm not sure how to say his name. Redding, William Calhoun, James Clayton, and Charles A. Terry, and myself. We had a very pleasant time playing and singing until about 12 o'clock and drank health to my son. We named him William Adriel Benani Clayton. Wow. That's a mouthful. <laughs> quite the middle names. <laughs> uh, this, mouth, uh, this morning, this mouthful. <laughs> this morning, I composed a new song, All is Well. I feel to thank my Heavenly Father for my boy and pray that he will spare and preserve his life and that of his mother, and so order it so that we may soon meet again. O Lord, bless thy handmaid and fill her with thy spirit. Make her healthy that her life may be prolonged and that we may live upon the earth and honor the cause of truth. In the evening, I asked if if the president, if he would not suffer me to send for Diantha. He consented and said we would send when we got to Grand River. End quote. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's he pretty wrote cool. the song because of this rejoicing of having his child. Yeah, born. after having all this worry, you know, fleeing Nauvoo, leaving family members behind, your pregnant wife. Yeah. And then to just have this relief, it had to have been so Joyous. wonderful. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, I just want to say thank you to Project Gutenberg, uh, who's made all these journal entries online. You can read all of William Clayton's journal entries there. It's quite incredible. Yeah, that's neat. I had read before that that project was started in 2017, but I hadn't read that it was finished. So well, it I'd, sounds like... I think it's probably an ongoing thing, yeah. but yeah, his, <laughs> his journals are there, and I was able to, to look that up. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about the, the tune later, um, but as Karen Davidson points out in our Latter-day Hymns, uh, because of the words, this new hymn now that we call Come, Come, You Saints, quickly became a favorite among the saints traveling west because of the message of unflinching courage and faith that reflects the heritage and spirit of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So at this point, I, I want to read just the text of the song. Would you mind doing that, Ange? Sure. So I had read somewhere that, like, in some of the camps, if somebody started singing the song, everyone was supposed to join in. Yeah, I've got a story. That, that <laughs> so I'll go I with thought that, that in a was moment. cool. Yeah. Come, come ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy wend your way. Though hard to you this journey may appear, grace shall be as your day. Tis better far for us to strive, our useless cares from us to drive. Do this and joy, your hearts will swell. All is well, all is well. Why should we mourn or think our lot is hard? Tis not so, all is right. Why should we think to earn a great reward if we now shun the fight? Gird up your loins, fresh courage take. Our God will never us forsake. And soon we'll have this tale to tell. All is well, all is well. We'll find the place which God for us prepared, far away in the west, where none shall come to hurt or make afraid. There the saints will be blessed. We'll make the air with music ring, shout praises to our God and King. Above the rest, these words we'll tell, all is well, all is well. And should we die before our journey's through, happy day, all is well. We then are free from toil and sorrow too, with the just we shall dwell. But if our lives are spared again to see the saints their rest obtain, oh, how we'll make this chorus swell. All is well, all is well. I, I had a hard time not singing along as yeah. you were <laughs> reading it. Um, there's an urban legend that Brigham Young actually asked William Clayton to write this, to give the pioneers a song of hope, but the theory was the story has been debunked. He never actually asked him. This mm -hmm. was purely in response to his the son being his, born yeah. yeah, and the relief he felt. However, the hymns inspired the saints to keep moving as they, they trekked west. Um, when you think about this hymn, are there any memories or experiences that come to mind? Um, I don't know. I've just always had a great love for the for the pioneers and their absolute dedication to the gospel and willing to sacrifice their lives for it. And that's what this song is all about. You know, I've been reading a book about the Willie and Martin Hancock companies, and we talked about that before mm -hmm. last week and the tragedy they experienced. And even in some of these journal entries from people, they're out in the middle of, like, a foot of snow freezing to death and had hardly any food and it says they were singing songs and were joyful i'm like how can that be you know we complain because like our thermostat is a little too low you know and we 
we complain so much in our <laughs> society when we have so much and they had nothing and like they didn't complain it's a it's absolutely incredible they were incredible people with such strength yeah yeah i want to share an article uh this is written by uh heber j grant uh, and he relates a story uh, that his father-in-law, Oscar Winters, related. Oscar Winters uh, had crossed the plains. Uh, uh, Heber J. Grant was born uh, later in the valley. Uh, so this is a story that Oscar Winters shares. Uh, and this is found in several sources. I'm, I'm reading it out of our Latter-day hymns, um, but it's found in, in many different sources. Uh, in fact, it was first printed in 1914 in the Improvement Era. One night, as we were making camp, we noticed one of our brethren had not arrived, and a volunteer party was immediately organized to return and see if anything had happened to him. Just as we were about to start, we saw the missing brother coming in the distance. When he arrived, he said he had been quite sick, so some of us unyoked his oxen and attended to his part of the camp duties. After supper, he sat down before the campfire on a large rock and sang in a very faint but plaintive and sweet voice the hymn, Come, Come, Ye Saints. It was a rule of the camp that whenever anybody started this hymn, all in the camp should join. But for some reason this evening, nobody joined him. He sang the hymn alone. When he had finished, I doubt if there was a single dry eye in the camp. The next morning, we noticed that he was not yoking up his cattle. We went to his wagon, found that he had died during the night. Hmm. We dug a shallow grave, and after we had covered his body with the earth, we rolled the large stone to the head of the grave to mark it the stone on which he had been sitting the night before when he sang, and should we die before our journey's through, happy day, all is well. That's powerful. <sighs> and that's the, that's the faith of the pioneers. That's the, their legacy. That they, they did it not because it was the popular thing to do or because it was the easy thing to do, because it was what had to happen and it's their faith their courage that drove them and and carried them west the covenants that they've made with god i don't think that there would have been any other reason to do it yeah. to suffer so much well the hymn has been as i said in every hymn book since 1950 or 1851 however it didn't appear with its current tune until 1887 uh, that was the first LDS hymn book that included music and text. I've been looking for that information, by the way, and finally found that 1887 is that, yeah. that hymn book. So let's talk a little bit about the tune. So our hymn book lists the tune as English folk song. Not yeah, doesn't give that. us a, a lot of information yeah. there. Uh, according to the article, All is Well, the story of the hymn that went around the world by Paul E. Dahl, Clayton would have been acquainted with an older hymn, also called All is Well, that had been passed orally uh, until being printed in early southern U.S. publications, Union Harmony and the original Sacred Harp. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So the English folk song is hard to identify because it was only passed orally. There, it wasn't written down in England. Um, uh, Paul Dahl, again, asserts that it came from the tune Good Morning Gossip Joan. Um, but the tunes I've seen for Good Morning Gossip Joan are not anywhere similar to Come Come You Saints. So I don't know if over the years it those words got put with a different tune and now it's it's not to the same tune anymore. Mm, I don't know. Um, 
but I was even having trouble taking the words Good Morning Gossip Joan and putting it to a tune similar. So I think whatever it was was probably something similar, but not exactly as we have it in our hymn book. Uh, if you look up All Is Well on hymnry.org, uh, you find All Is Well attributed to James T. White. And he is the nephew of B.F. White, or Benjamin Franklin White. Uh, mm. Benjamin Franklin White was a shape note singing master and compiled the shape note tune book known as the Sacred Harp. Do you know anything about shape note singing? I have no idea. So sh- shape note singing, I'll, I'll try not to go too in-depth. Um, I'm not an expert in shape note singing, but I have studied it over the years. Uh, shape note singing originated in New England, but was popularized in the American South. Uh, and it uses, instead of round note heads for all the notes, it uses uh, shapes. So there's a triangle note head and a square note head and a round note head and a diamond note head. Hmm. Um, and they use solfege syllables, but mostly fa, so, la, and mi. Um, and the the uh, the singing itself is very unschooled. Uh, it's very free, very almost raw. Hmm. There's not a lot of training behind it. I mean, the training just comes from experience, from doing it. Um, but the the choir or the congregation really is all participating, and the leader stands in the middle, and the four sections are in four different areas, all facing toward the middle. Hmm. Uh, and everybody is using their arm to keep time, and usually you sing through the tune first on the solfege, and then you sing the text, Weird. sort of to get yeah. it into your ear first, and then you sing the, the text. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a just a very brief clip here of a, um, of a sacred harp convention uh, of a group singing All Is Well. So this is All Is Well sung to shape notes. This is sort of how... William Clayton may have known it. Possibly. There's a few things in there I can hear from Come Come You Saints, but not much. It's hard to <laughs> decipher yeah. the tune. And the the melody that we would have recognized was actually more in the tenor voice. So it wasn't the soprano line hmm. that would have the melody that we would normally hear. So you sort of have to get into the music and look at it uh, a little closer. So there are, there are definitely similarities. Uh, so J.T. White is the one that revised the hymn and included it in the Sacred Harp that his uncle published in 1844. Uh, George Piper, who wrote Latter-day Hymns, said, uh, no doubt it was from this source that William Clayton got the tune and Mormonized it to fit Come Come Ye Saints. So George Piper is sure that that's where it came from. 
but doesn't give much more evidence than that. But that's what he says. What kind of congregations would have sung like that? <laughs> like uh, songs and uh, congregations in the South, um, African American, or no. just white? Uh, mm. White, yeah. Hmm. This was a this was more of a white thing. It was a it was a faster way to learn to read music, but not traditional hmm. learning. It was a it was a sort of its own entity. It's odd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although the uh, all is well up north, more where Clayton and the Saints would have been, uh, was also a popular camp meeting hymn, and most likely had a more similar tune. Uh, there. There is the text, uh, what's this that steals? And that's sort of the text that the, uh, that the shape note singers were using here. Uh, it goes like this. What is this that steals upon my frame? Is it death, which soon will quench this vital flame? Is it death? If this be death, I soon, soon shall be from every care and sorrow flee. I shall the king of glory see all is well. So when Clayton wrote his words, he wrote it to this metric form. So he definitely knew this. Whether or not he had this this tune in mind, that's hard to say because the text was printed first. It was not printed with that tune until 1887. So it's possible that the tune was there but not written down until later. It's hard to say exactly, uh, but most likely. So the this what is it that steals upon my frame? I found that in many different hymn books, um, and with similar tunes with the "Come, Come, You Saints" tune that we know. Uh, the one I was just looking at here from the Salvation Army songs from 1911. This is in a family worship section. However, in this version from the collection of revival hymns and plantation melodies from 1883. It's called Death the Monster. Wow. So, (laughs) but the same idea. What's this that that steals upon my frame? Is it death? Is it death? You just need a different title. (laughs) Uh, And then this one, this is from the Tribute of Praise and Methodist Protestant Hymn Book from 1882. Um, Again, same tune. What's this... What's this that steals, that steals upon my frame? Is it death? Is it death? Same same this, idea here. This one called it all as well. They call it all mm. as well. And also have another hymn down at the bottom called God is Love that uses the same tune. So you can just sing like. that yeah. song. To and I, I love these words. What sound is this? A song through heaven resounding. God is love. God is love. And now from earth I hear the sound rebounding. God is love, God is love. Yes, while adoring hosts proclaim, Love is his nature, love his name. My soul repent on earth the Or, sorry, repeat. My soul repeat on earth the same. God is love, God is love. That's nice. Yeah, I liked that one. So that was really nice. Uh, so the article on Come Come You Saints, uh, found on ldshymnology.wordpress.com says that the text was written by the, sorry, the original text, uh, what's this that steals upon my frame was written by primitive Methodist preacher, Richard Jukes, and is said to have been written upon hearing the last words of Bishop William McKendry, who died in 1835. 
So most likely Clayton knew this tune and possibly, or those words, and possibly to a tune similar to what came from the Sacred Harp. Um, and that's most likely how they sang it as they crossed the plains. Yeah, because what I read was the first, that that psalmody book in, eight, what year did you say it was? 1887? Mm-hmm. It was, was the first one where the words and the music were printed together that was produced by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But like before that, they still had hymn books. They just only had the words. Right. So he probably still was using this tune, but that we don't have it you know, yeah. in a book <laughs> showing them together until 1887. Uh, so interesting note uh, about the hymn. It sort of had, as the way we have written, it has um, changing meter, which is one of the few hymns we have in our hymn book that changes meter mm-hmm. going from 4-4 four, four to 3-4 four, to 4-4 four, four, back to 3-4 yep. uh, interesting when the in the uh, 1927 hymn book uh, it is all in 3-4 and uses fermatas instead so at the end of that 4-4 four, four section come come you saints no toil no labor fear you have a fermata there and then go on still in 3-4 um, but then in 1985 they well, I guess it was actually in the 1940 hymn book. Uh, they changed it to this changing back and forth between the two meters. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. What would be the benefit or the, <laughs> I don't know, of one or the other? Well, the benefit of having it all in one meter is that conductors don't have to worry about changing the meter. The benefit of having it, the changing meters is... Uh, not having to deal with fermatas, which also throw conductors off. Yeah. <laughs> we have several hymns that have fermatas, in, fermatas the in the middle, and that will, especially beginning conductors, will throw them off. They're yeah. not sure how to how to deal with those. Um, but, I mean, once you understand how to conduct different meters and switch between them and use fermatas, then it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was interesting that in the 1985 version they lowered it a half step uh, it had been in A-flat major, and now we're in G. So I'm not sure. Again, probably just ease of singing. Everything was higher in those old hymn books. They were, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they could sing better higher than <laughs> we right. can. That's <laughs> right. Our voices have lowered over That's time. That's right. <laughs> I don't know anything about low voices. Uh, one last note here. Uh, this song, Come Come You Saints, perhaps more than any other LDS hymn, uh, has been adopted and used by other denominations, uh, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Seventh-day Adventist, and others, though usually with altered lyrics to make it less pioneer-centric. Uh, when they talk about far away in the West, yeah, probably they take out that probably part. not going to be using that as much. Um, I also did find the same tune with the lyrics, Renew Your Church. Uh, huh. That was another uh, hymn That's I found here. Renew your church, its ministries restore, both to serve and adore. Huh. Uh, I'm not sure what denomination that that is. The hymn book is called Voices Together, uh, and I'm not I'm not sure which denomination that was from. So, well, this is such a LDS hymn that I was shocked when we saw this hymn in a hymn book at one of our friends' weddings way back in when was that 2005 or so? It wasn't that long ago, Uh, but yeah, it was a long time ago. And we were just flipping through a hymn book. I think it was a, some sort of Presbyterian I church. Think so. And all of a sudden, Come, Come, You Saints was there in their hymn book. 
And I was like, what in the world? This is a totally LDSM. I could just was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know other churches used it at all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the, the message of courage and faith and hope and determination. I think that resonates with people. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's why other churches wanted to adopt it. Yeah. Well, it's it's neat because like we think of us using hymns from other churches and, you know, denominations throughout the years. We have a ton in our hymn book, mm-hmm. but I don't think about LES hymns being in other people's <laughs> hymn books. So it was kind of cool. All right. Well, I believe that's all I had. Unless you have anything else, I think we're ready to sing yep, the song. I'm ready to sing. Okay. Let's grab our hymn books. Make sure we are still recording. Yep, we are. Okay. Okay. Ready? Come, come, ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy wend your way. Though hard to you this journey may appear, grace shall be as your day. Tis better far for us to strive, a useless cares from us to drive. Do this and joy, your hearts will swell, all is well, all is well. Why should we mourn, nor think our lot is hard? Tis not so, all is right. Why should we think to earn a great reward if we now shun the fight? Gird up your loins, fresh courage take. Our God will never us forsake. And soon we'll have this tale to tell. All is well, all is well. We'll find the place which God for us prepared. Far away in the west, where none shall come to hurt or make afraid. There the saints will be blessed. We'll make the air with music ring. Shout praises to our God and King. Above the rest these words will tell. All is well, all is well. And should we die before our journey's through, happy day, all is well. We then are free from toil and sorrows too, with the just we shall dwell. But if our lives are spared again, to see the saints their rest obtain, oh, how we'll make this chorus swell. All is well, all is well. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today as we discussed the hymn, Come, Come, Ye Saints. 
Look out later this week or beginning of next week. We're going to have a bonus episode. If you notice, our theme song has changed for our opening and closing, uh, which is now a rendition of Come, Come, Ye Saints that I arranged for piano many, many years ago. Uh, And so I'll be playing that full thing for you later on in a couple days. As always, it is a joy to be with you and to discuss the hymns. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to share it with someone you know and to share the joy of the hymns with them. We'd love to hear from you and what you think about the podcast and the hymns. Please email us at knowinghim at gmail.com and share your stories or insights. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us next week as we sing our way to Knowing Him. Thank you.